look at your Instagram stories because your Instagram stories are usually like your hottest leads, right? So if you are someone who is serving, let's just say men, okay? I serve men over 40. And then you look at your Instagram stories and it's a bunch of your female friends or people that you're in a mastermind with or your peers that are all females. It's not the offer. It's not your sales. It's not the pricing. It's not the webinar. It's not the masterclass. It's not insert all the things. It's that you have an unaligned audience to the offer that you actually have. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello, I'm Jackie Koch, your host of Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. And today I'm joined by a guest and we dive into everything sales and marketing. And I don't know about you, but when I started my business, I was like, oh shit, I have to do this now. Like sales and marketing is now a part of my job, right? And thankfully I like sales and marketing to be honest, but I think some of you probably don't. And so you might avoid it or you think that new leads and stuff will just magically appear. Today on the show, I'm joined by Jillian Murphy and we dive into the importance of sales processes and the six different steps you should have in every sales process. We dive into how to get new leads for your business. And I know that you're going to leave feeling like, all right, I can go out and drum up new business and keep my business scaling. So I'm so excited for you to listen and dive in with us. But before we do that, I want to give you a little background about Jillian. So Jillian is a highly sought after sales and business mentor who's mastered the art of sales and scaling not only in her business, but has helped hundreds of other online business owners as well. With over 20 years of business experience in sales and marketing and growing multiple businesses of her own, She's now made it her mission to help online business owners gain real results in sales and messaging. Sales is truly the oxygen of your business and the most important skill any business owner can acquire. And you're going to really leave feeling that way. And what's amazing about Jillian, and she says this in the episode, is like there's a lot of coaches out there who help in a lot of different areas. And she truly just specializes in sales. She is a sales expert. And I know you're going to learn so much from her. Jillian, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited excited to dive into our topic today and finally get a chat with you. I feel like this is the first time we might be sitting down and actually chatting, although I feel like I know you so well. So thanks so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And the same, I'm like, I feel like I know you. I feel like we should be besties, but like we haven't actually sat down and talked. So I'm ready to like do it all in the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Amazing. I know. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's start out with your entrepreneurship journey. Tell listeners a little bit about how you jumped into this entrepreneurship thing. Yeah. So I always say I am an accidental entrepreneur. I was in corporate sales for 25 years. I was a ride or die corporate person. If I could have tattooed my company's name across my forehead, I literally would have done it. I loved corporate America. I had no intentions of ever being an entrepreneur. And I had some friends who were going to a mastermind out in in California with Chris and Lori Harder. I think you know them. And I was like, what's a mastermind? What is this thing? I'm like, what are you going to? And they're like, oh, just come out to it. It'll be really fun. It's like a three-day thing. We'll go to it. And I'm like, okay. So I invested the money in it. I went to this mastermind, Fast Foundations. It was in person in LA. I had no idea what these people did. I literally rolled my eyes like half the 
time. I'm like, these people are having like photo shoots during lunch. They're on their Instagram stories. I'm like, I literally do not know what any of these people do. I still roll my eyes at them a million times whenever we have to do that. Literally, and these people were like from outer space to me. I did not understand it. But I was like, hey, I'm here for it. My friends are in this room. I'm going to go. So I remember Chris gave us this thing. We had to come to the front of the room and say why we were here and what we were doing. And I literally was like, hey, I'm Jillian Murphy. I am in corporate sales. I help people grow businesses in corporate. I really have no idea why I'm here. These are my friends in the back of the room and I'm here for a really good time and I'm excited to be here. And that was it. No idea what I was going to do. A couple hours later, we break and we go to lunch and I sat next to Nick Carter and Nick was like, what do you do in corporate? Actually, like, what is your job? And I was like, oh, I've been a sales trainer for a billion years. I help people with social media, with content, with sales, with marketing, like all the things. And he's, do you see this room right here? They all need you. And I was like, oh, and it went in one ear and out the other. I didn't even really pay attention. I was like, oh, thanks, Nick. Cool. Almost two weeks to the day, I lost my corporate job of over 20 years. And I remember what Nick said to me. I literally slid into his DMs. It was like, Nick, I lost my corporate job. I know I didn't pay any attention to this mastermind thing, but I think I need a business coach now. And he hooked me up with a business coach. I hired her that day. And the rest is a little bit history. That's amazing. So I was peeping on your LinkedIn profile before we hopped on. Oh, it's terrible. Don't pay attention to it. I'd be very disappointed in my LinkedIn. It's all good. It's all good. So I'm on LinkedIn all the time because that's where I recruit people. And you were in food and beverage sales for so long. And I'm constantly recruiting for food and beverage people because of I work with so many startups in the food and bev space. We'll have to talk offline if you know of any good people still that could be looking for a job. I'm actually recruiting for one right now for sales. Definitely. Um, Yeah. And I always say I literally sold like meat like boxed beef for 20 years. So if I can sell meat, I can literally sell anything under the sun. So funny. Okay. So how long ago was it that you were laid off? Almost three years ago. It was right when the pandemic started. So about three years ago. Yeah. Okay. And then give listeners a little bit of information on what your business is now and what you do. Yeah. So now I am literally a sales coach. I help people strictly with sales, sales, messaging, marketing, lead generation, the sales process, and then the business plan of their thing. And what I always say is like, I really stick to my lane, right? I don't really go off of it. It's really sales, messaging, marketing, and then lead generation. And what I have found so often, especially in the online space, is that there's not very many people that actually teach sales. They teach everything else, right? They teach storytelling, mindset, all the other things. But then everyone has like really great products, programs, and services, but they don't know how to actually articulate their message. They don't know how to bring leads in. They don't know how to nurture them, follow up, and then really follow a sales process. So that's what I really do with people. And I don't just focus on coaches. I have realtors I work with. I have brick and mortars. I have estheticians because really the sales process is the same regardless of the products, programs, or services that you have. Yeah. I guess listeners to this podcast are likely in a position where they get sales a little bit and they are running businesses. And so they know sales is so important. But I think what I find so often is, especially for new entrepreneurs, they think sales is content in social media. And it's so much bigger than that. So can you share with listeners, is there like core steps that all sales processes need to have in a business? Yeah, really. It's how are you bringing people to you? I think number one is who is your ideal avatar? Let's just start with the basics. Who is the 
ideal client that you're actually trying to bring in. And then step two is how are you bringing people into your world? Who is this target audience? Whether you're driving traffic, whether you're doing it organically, whether you're building a community, what does that look like? How are you actually acquiring leads into your business? That's going to be at the top of the funnel. And like Chris always said, audience cures everything. And it does. You can have a bad restaurant, a bad gym. You can sell the worst widgets in the world. But if you have enough people in your world, you're going to have enough sales. And so often people aren't filling the top of the funnel with enough people. Then it's like people are now in your world. It's like, how are you building like no one trusts with them? Whether that's through your social media content, whether you're a gym owner, an esthetician, a realtor, how is the like no one trusts? Then what are the offers that you are actually creating for the people when they're coming in to solve the problems that they actually have? Then what is the retention? How are you keeping people in your world? Because it's obviously a lot easier to retain a client and sell them on more of like an ascension model than it is to get a new client, whether you're doing it organically or through a paid ad. And then what is your follow-up process? I'll give you a really great example. I I actually just left a Botox appointment this morning and it was so genius to me because she didn't just have a med spa. In her med spa, she also had a hair salon. She also had a massage parlor. She also did lashes. She had tattoo removal in the back. And I was like, this is so genius because she just acquired me as a client, right? Top of funnel. Now she has all the problems that I have in one building. So she's basically going to retain me and it's much cheaper to keep me and sell me additional services than it would be if she only had a Botox place or a med spot and she had to keep bringing in all these new people every month. So it's really like following a process and then just rinse and repeating it. Okay, this is a sidebar, but what you just described is an employee experience. 100%. So often managers think that simply you should be lucky to have a job. So here you go. Now give me your best work. The way you just articulated that is 100% the whole employee attraction, recruiting, onboarding, retention, and all of that. And so I don't want to dive into that on this show, this episode, because I think sales is such an important piece of business that people get wrong. But it's the exact same thing. And there's so many ways that you can do it, just little ways to keep people coming. I'll give you one quick other example. I just talked about this on my own podcast the other day. I just moved to Arizona from Michigan, okay? And right down the street, there is a tropical smoothie and there is a kaleidoscope, okay? Tropical smoothie is like $5 for a smoothie and kaleidoscope is like $15 for a smoothie. The difference is when I walk in, they're like excited to see me. They always give me a compliment. They always ask me like, what are you doing today? What are you up to? I will literally spend an extra $10 at that smoothie place and give them my money, which then they retain a client, get more sales versus me going to the tropical smoothie place where someone's there and they're like, what do you need today? It's about retaining the client and keeping them in for that experience. When I worked at Lululemon, we actually had a role that was Dofi, director of first impressions. Your only job was to greet someone by the time they got 30 feet into the store. That was what your job was. I'm trying to think of listeners to the show and some of them are in the online space. A lot of them are brick and mortar spaces. So is there differences between the two? And what would any advice be about developing a sales process that might be different for each? I think the biggest thing is really knowing like where your client hangs out. I think that there's so much pressure to build a social media presence and come on social media and create reels and content all those things. But if your ideal client isn't there, if you own a gym or if you're a realtor, insert whatever, make sure you're not wasting your time building stuff on social media and building that into your sales process. If that's not where your ideal clients are actually at, I'll give you an example of this. I have a client that I work with and she has a brick and mortar gym and she's in the Hamptons, okay? And for the longest time, she was putting out all this beautiful social media content of like how to come into social media, how to do all these things. But the chances of that certain piece of content reaching that 
that avatar, that mom that lives in the Hamptons that then finds her gym is like slim to none. Versus what if you just walk in your own town and did like old school guerrilla marketing, walked into like the bougie gyms, the med spas and all the places and like literally introduced yourself and switched out that part of the sales process. And imagine like how many more leads you would get inside of your business if you actually just like thought about where's your client at. Maybe it's fun to make reels and content, but is that even how you're actually acquiring the client into your business? So when you take on a new client, is there a process that you go through? Obviously, I don't want you to spill all the goods by any means, but what's the diagnosis process? When I take on a client for HR, I kind of have an HR audit to like see how things are going. Like, where do you start? Like this gym in the Hamptons asked you to help them. Where did you start? And how could that help listeners to the show at least start to diagnose where their sales process might be failing them or is going well? Most people come to me because they raise their hand because I'm the sales strategist and they're like, hey, I'm not making sales in my business. Okay, I get it. But sometimes it's not the offer. Sometimes it's not the gym or your offers or your webinar or your masterclass. There's usually things before that that's actually the problem of why your launch isn't going well or people aren't in your restaurant or whatever. So we almost like backwards look at it, right? So the first thing I would look at is what is your lead generation process? How are you filling the funnel at all time? Most people are like, oh, well, I'm posting social media content or I have an open sign on my door and people aren't coming in. That's not a lead generation system. You have to swim out sometimes to bring people back to your boat, right? So it's like, what is your actual lead generation system? Once you have people that are in your system, how are you actually nurturing them? How are you giving value to them? Why do they want to stay here? What is that? Or is it just like, oh, Jackie started following me today, so she should just buy from me. Like, how are you actually getting to know people? How are you nurturing them? What does that look like? And then the third thing is, does the offer that you have, whether it's a gym, realtor, bed spa, whatever, does it actually align with the people that are actually in your audience? today. And this is actually one of the biggest things that I do with people. And it's really simple and mind-blowing is look at your Instagram stories. Okay. I'm just going to use this for if you have an online business, look at your Instagram stories because your Instagram stories are usually like your hottest leads, right? So if you are someone who is serving, let's just say men, okay, I serve men over 40. And then you look at your Instagram stories and it's a bunch of your female friends or people that you're in a mastermind with or your peers that are all females. It's not the offer. It's not your sales. It's it's not the pricing. It's not the webinar. It's not the masterclass. It's not insert all the things. It's that you have an unaligned audience to the offer that you actually have. And I will say that this is usually the biggest thing that people are like, oh, yeah, I'm selling, but these actually aren't my people. Well, that's the problem. You're on your Instagram stories. You're trying to sell a $15,000 masterclass or mastermind to men, but you have all of your mom friends watching your stories. So we actually have to go in and tweak your lead generation, bring the right people to your audience, and then filter the wrong ones out. I've even seen that in my own business. You know, my recruiting and HR business, I started an Instagram account and I post on it, but I don't get leads from it. That's not where my clients come from. And so I've had to figure out where they do come from. And so for me, this podcast is a really great, lead gen for me. It's truly an educational thing for me, to be honest. And I use it so much with my clients where I'll be coaching them. I'm like, oh, go listen to this podcast episode. Same. But this podcast is one. LinkedIn is definitely one. And then referrals are a huge part. I've built my entire business pretty much on referrals. What are other unique ways that you have seen people go generate leads? Yeah. So I think one is I built my entire business. So with this first half a million dollars organically. And while it's not as sexy and it's 
not as quick. I honestly think you build much more like raving fans doing it organically. So some of the ways that I generate leads, I say like leads for free organically is one, where are your ideal clients hanging out? Are they in Facebook groups, right? So let's say your ideal client is a mom that's trying to lose weight. She's probably in other Facebook groups. She's probably in Peloton groups. She's probably in dieting tips groups. She's probably in crock pot recipe groups, right? You got to think like, where is she at? And the biggest thing that I see go wrong here is that people go into Facebook groups and they try to act like the coach and they try to act like the mentor. Go into Facebook groups almost like a peer. Ask questions. I won't go into a Facebook group and say, hey, who in here is struggling with sales? Some people are like, oh, well, she's actually like a sales coach. I might say something like, hey, I just had a killer week and this is what I did. And I'll tell a story almost. Then it creates curiosity that people are like, oh, what did you do? Then it's like, oh, if you want me to share some information, let's have a conversation in the DM. So again, this takes longer because I have to go into the group. I got to tell the story. I got to move them into the DMs and then usually like into a Facebook group or into a podcast. But then I'm like building rapport. I'm building know and trust. So for me, Facebook groups are a huge lead generator. That'd be a good one for me. Yeah. But again, you have to also know where your ideal avatar is, right? If you are looking for like a seven-figure entrepreneur, they're not in a Facebook group at three o'clock in the afternoon because they're sitting on coaching calls, right? They're doing sales. They're in sales. (laughs) They're on a podcast or whatever, right? You also got to find where they're at at what time of day. The second one is lookalike audiences on Instagram. So who is someone that your ideal client follows? They already have your ideal avatar in their world, right? So who are big influencers that people actually follow? So I talk about this all the time on my page. There's a sales coach. His name's Jeremy. He's got like millions and millions of followers, okay? Is he the one that helps you fix your bad sales copy or whatever? Yeah. So Jeremy's a sales coach. He's got millions of people on his page. He does like all sorts of stuff. Well, he's got millions of my ideal clients in his audience, right? So I'm not just going to hope my content gets put in front of people. I go and I connect to his followers. I go and I connect to people that are commenting on his stuff. Now, I don't do it on his feed. I don't do it in his comments. I just go to people that are commenting and I connect on other things other than sales. Okay, this is where people get it wrong. They're like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask about business. I'm going to ask about sales. No, I literally will go and connect. Like if I saw Jackie on Jeremy's page, I would probably go to her stories and I would be like, oh my God, I see that you're also a runner and you're in Arizona. How are you possibly running in this heat? So I'm just having a conversation about real life stuff. But I also know that Jackie likes to consume content about sales. And now my stuff is in front of Jackie. Makes sense? How do you keep track of all these people? Do you have a CRM tool? So this is the thing. I just have a lot of conversations and because they're watching my stories and because my stuff's getting put in front of them, I don't worry about like a lead generation tracker. I always say like, I really don't have a system. Chris always jokes about this. He's like, you are like the most unsystem person I've ever met, but it works for me. But this is also the thing. Once someone asks, so now me and Jackie are talking, she's watching my stories. Now, if Jackie says, really been enjoying your content, like I'm really struggling with sales or a masterclass or a webinar or launching or whatever, I will then on Instagram, like, it to orange. That's the only system that I have. I didn't even know you could do that. So now if you go into my Instagram, in my DM conversation, you have a bunch of people that are orange. And it just means at some point they mentioned they're struggling with sales, their content sucks. They're just like a warm lead now. And I just keep loving on them. I just keep talking on them. Now, because I sell every day through my stories, like that's where my main selling is. I know these people are watching my stories. So I'm just selling and I know that they're just going to kind of come through it. 
Okay, we have to create an app that does this. I have to create an app? Yes, that plugs into Instagram for our CRM tool or like pull them out. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I just came up with this idea. I'm here for all the ideas. So, I mean, nothing as simple as that. Don't use anything fancy. And this is what I like to say. You can build a very successful business without all the tech right? Like you can be very successful because what I do is I just get to know people. I love on them. I nurture them. And then I know that they are the right people. And then they're going to come into my world and my offers are going to serve them. I would just put a caveat to that of like, as a solopreneur, you can build a big business without a lot of systems. But if you were to now want to start to train someone to do some of the stuff, you would need something in place at some point. Now, whether or not you want to do that and have a team, who knows? Yeah. I feel like too often people People put stuff off thinking they're not organized enough. And to your point, like you can do a lot just doing and not worrying about it and just going for it and taking steps for sure. Yeah. If that's what's holding you back. Amazing. Okay. I have so many ideas already to go take back into my lead generation process. So thank you. I'm sure listeners to the show also do. Talk to me a little bit about how many steps in the sales process is too many steps. Like I get sold to by software companies all the time and it's so irritating. I know there's touch points to keep people warm. I don't know if that's considered a step in the sales process, but how many steps do you feel like there should be in a really good sales process? Yeah. So I think those six key steps in the sales process But I also think that it has to feel aligned to you. I'm getting retargeted all the time and someone's like texting me and emailing me and following up with me. To me, that doesn't feel good. So part of the way that I teach sales is like sell the same way that you'd want to be sold to. So like I don't personally sell. And again, that this is just me personally. I don't sell a lot through email because I don't buy through email. I sell like a maniac through my Instagram stories because that's how I buy right? I like to just be on my stories and be like a circus and this is what I have and all the things. So I think you also need to find a way that feels really good for you and feels really authentic for you. Some people love text messaging and they love to touch their people that way. Some people love email marketing. Some people love to retarget people on ads. Some people love webinars. You have to find something that feels good to you because the sales process is going to be long and it's got to be something that you're willing to say, hey, I'm going to be willing to write seven emails or three text messages or all of those things, right? Like, I had a text list for a really long time and I didn't love it. So I got rid of it. So I think you have to find something that feels really good for you and energetically lights you up for the business that you're building long-term. Switching gears a little bit, a question that just popped up for me is you came from corporate sales. The way you're selling now is not how you would have sold in your corporate job. I think there's a lot of people who are listening to the show that can be stuck in their ways. No, this is how we do it or whatever. Like, How did you make that shift and how did you become open to new ways of selling stuff? How did you make that shift? Because 25 years in, in at a food and beverage company is so much different than what you're selling and how you're selling now. And I would love just to give listeners tips on like how to make the transition into a different type of sales. I actually sold a lot the same way that I sold energetically in corporate sales. In corporate sales, it was very much old boys school. I was actually the only female sales rep in my company for many, many years. And it was old boy school, hustle, grind, like sell you this, it's on sale, like this is on the flyer, like all the things, right? I watched it and it felt really gross to me and it felt like people were always pushing products down people's throats that they actually didn't need. And then what happened is the owners of the restaurants or the bars or the companies would literally buy from somebody else the next week later because it was a dime cheaper, right? Food and beverage sales is super cutthroat. They can buy Heinz ketchup from anybody. They can buy Coca-Cola from anybody. They can put Bud Light on anybody's truck. 
So I saw this way that it was almost this like war zone all the time. So I actually built a lot of my business, my book of business on relationship and like really getting to know people and in a much more laid back way of selling that they didn't leave me. People didn't jump ship for 10 cents. People didn't jump ship because Heinz ketchup was on sale with my competitor. And it used to make my competitors crazy because they would come in with their flyer and be like, hey, Cisco does not have this on sale this week, but like we do. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to get it from Jillian. So I think because of this laid back way of selling and this relationship building that I did in corporate was a huge way of why I actually had the business that I had then. And my clients didn't leave me in corporate and my clients don't leave me now in the online space. Like my retention rate in the online space is about 18 months. And it's because I feel like I really put people in front of transactions. And it's the same way that I did it in the corporate space. There's also things I did the same. I always knew my numbers in corporate sales, just like I always know my numbers here. I always know how much I'm making, what I need to sell, what my conversions rate are, how many people I need to bring into an offer, where I'm at. Like, I know exactly what I've made for the year today, right? Also, that same mentality that I had in corporate, like, I always knew my numbers, I always knew my business plan, I always knew my sales plan, all of that. So that part of me is absolutely still ingrained in me, just like it was ingrained in me in the corporate sales space. That makes sense. Awesome. I'm sure that's exactly why you were successful in sales. It's all relationships and it's authentic, truly caring. It's not just, oh, here's cookies for the holidays. Yeah, I can remember one time I had gone into a restaurant and I had my business card and Cisco Foods is a huge distributor, right? National distributor. Yeah. And I went in and I had my business card and they like looked at my business card and they were like, we hate Cisco. And they like ripped my card up like, in front of me and they like gave it back to me. I remember like having my hand out and I had like all pieces of my business card in my hand. And I was like, okay, but what if we actually don't don't look at Jillian Brown. That was my maiden name. I'm like, what if we actually don't look at Jillian Brown as like Cisco? We just look at Jillian Brown as somebody here that's going to serve you and help you grow your business. Would you be more open to the conversation? And they were like, okay. So it came to it from like a personal branding standpoint versus like, hey, I just have this truck behind me. I'm going to take your order. And that's very much even like how I do it in the online space. It's like, you're getting me first. Some people are here for it. Some aren't. But like the personal brand is why people buy. And it's the same way people bought from me in corporate. Yeah. Amazing. Jillian, if people listening to the show are like, yes, I need to get better at sales. I need to do all of the things. Where can listeners connect? Obviously, Instagram. We've talked highly about that, but other ways that listeners can work with you even. Yeah, of course. So I have a podcast. I would love if you listen to it, download it. It's called Sales and Social. We've had some great guests, sales experts in there. So definitely listen to the Sales and Social podcast. Tons of free training on there. And then honestly, I would love for you just to send me a DM if something that I said today on here resonated with you and you want to dive in deeper, whether it's messaging, marketing, content, sales, the sales process. And we'll see what the conversation goes from there and how I can definitely support you in your business. Amazing. We will make sure to drop all of the links below and, and all of those things. And I'm so excited we finally got to chat. And thank you so much. I know listeners are going to feel inspired to go out and do sales because I think that's the other thing. It can feel like a grind. And so hearing somebody like you who's so passionate about it and the way I'm leaving this call is you haven't tried everything. So keep on looking for it. There's a million things you could do. And I feel really excited about that. So hopefully other listeners feel that same way. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Are you ready to hire a recruiter to help you in your business? Exciting news for you. 
that can be me and my team. And we believe that the recruiting industry is due for a major upgrade in its recruiting and fee structures. So we have a completely different model than other recruiters out there. We have transparent pricing and transparent fees. Go check out peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting for how you can partner with us and let us do the hiring for you.